What's the matter, you? Why you not a make a reservation at bombettalondon.com? It is an Italian restaurant. It is by Snaresbrook Station. They've got a new menu, I hear. I haven't tried it, the new menu yet. So if you've already been, why not plan a second visit to make a reservation? You can go to bombettalondon.com. Hello and welcome to the Knees of Other Brown West Ham podcast. It's Series 5, Episode 9. It's a Halloween special. We're going to be discussing some ghoulish defending. Oh! <laughs> God. It's a, it's it's an that's an ad lib I've been working on all day. Beautiful. Um, uh, I'm Chris Skull and Crossbones. Joining me here is Bianca Zill this week uh, with, with the uh, upcoming zombie apocalypse. Is that upon us. So joining us is a fairly regular co-host, Russ. Give you the willies, Williamson. See what you did. Yeah, and also joining us, the host of LBC Drive Time, uh, the main proprietor of West Ham Till I Die, it's devilish Ian Dale. Hello. <laughs> here we all are. Hello. Yeah, well. Three male voices, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> um, well, we've got a lot to talk about. We've got the, our progression through the League Cup. We've got the defeat to Everton at the weekend. Payette getting nominated for Ballon d'Or. Never know how to pronounce not, that. Not for his performance yeah. at Everton, yeah. I assume. <laughs> no, 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 no. As we will get into. But let's... Let's start at the very beginning, because last week we had uh, Danny Gabberdon on the podcast. Um, we had a few comments in the forum. Uh, McNightmare said, surprise, there hasn't been a flood of comments about this week's podcast. Danny comes out with some revealing stuff, the bit about Scott Parker and the players getting Grant back on the team bus in defiance of the Daves after the Wigan match and how ropey the medical setup was during the Kerbyshire era are pretty big talking points. Pull the bubble, Russ. Where am I looking? I'll put you right on the spot then. There you go, on the spot. Uh, uh, so, good lesson again, as always. Well well played, Scott Parker. Gabadon has a good point that we needed more signings during that summer when Zola and Grant were both there, but our finances were dire. Uh, Danny Gabadon last week, Ian. Well, I listened to that, and I, I thought it was one of the best podcasts you've done because you genuinely learn a lot of new things. Some players will come on, and whatever interview they're doing, you, you kind of feel you've heard a lot of it before, but with him... And he, he was never one of the star players. I suppose not, most of us never heard him speak, really, and he does a bit of punditry, I suppose. Um, I thought the Scott Parker stuff was really interesting. I also thought the Carlos Tevez stuff was quite revealing, the fact that he just couldn't be asked to learn any English. I mean, that, that's, I, mean I loved Carlos Tevez, and I would dearly have loved him to come back again. It's never going to happen, was it? But I, I don't think that he can speak English any better now than he could have done then. I heard that he... <laughs> that he was like he had a penthouse in Canary Wharf where he had all his family and so they all just spoke yeah. uh, spoke their native language up there in this penthouse and so obviously he never had to like yeah. have any interaction with anyone English at all so. but that, that has to affect how you play because if you can't speak to your, to your uh, teammates properly you can't understand what they're doing I suppose if you're a brilliant player maybe that doesn't matter mm. but I suspect he would have been even better than he was had he been able to d- at least speak a few words yeah um Avram Grant as well. You know? oh. I mean, uh, I mean that was a shambles, wasn't it? But to hear Danny talk about the how the like the detail of the shambles is I mean, scary. That that brought made a sort of shudder run up my spine because I can remember that January when we all thought that Avram Grant was going, and I can remember writing that I'd heard that Martin O'Neill had accccepted the job. And apparently Martin O'Neill then, because it had been leaked that he had accepted the job, decided not to accept the job. And I was thinking, oh, my God, it's all my fault. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There's the real guy to blame for our relegation in 2011. It's all come out. Um, yeah, Scott Parker as well, coming out, come out of that with a lot of credit. I, I think he is a true West Ham legend. I know, I mean, how many years was he with us? Was it yeah. four or five? Like, but, got three I mean, hundred years. Can we actually yeah. ever remember him having a bad no. game? Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me that he comes across well. Yeah. I mean, if he hadn't gone to Spurs, any other team, we'd all be still praising him for Mm. days gone. But you still can't imagine him doing that really motivational team talk, can you? I mean, I just can't think. I mean, it's a shame. That, were iPhones around then? I don't know whether they were or not, but somebody should have recorded Periscoped it. it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Periscoped it. You're better yeah, than that yeah. puddle. Yeah. Um, well, let's go on and talk about the League Cup. Oh, actually, before we do that, if you want to get in touch with the show, here's how you can do so. Get in touch with the show. Email podcast at kumb.com. Get on the forum at kumb.com or follow 
your hosts, your lovely hosts on Twitter, beautiful people, lovely, one of your own. Bianca is at B double E Westwood. Chris is at CJ Skull, and that's with a C, not a K, a C, because he's special. <laughs> Come on, you irons. Um, right, the League Cup, West Ham 2, Chelsea 1, Ian. Um, firstly, the atmosphere. Um, did it feel like we came home to you? It, it absolutely did. I thought that was the first match where I thought this the atmosphere would not have been better if we'd been at Upton Park. I know that would be sacrilege. You'll get emails from me saying, how can he possibly say that? But we've got to get over trying to compare the Olympic Stadium to Upton Park. They're, mm. they're, they're not comparable. Every time I walk up those stairs and I see that arena, for, and it is an arena, for the first first time each game, I just think, wow, I can't believe we're here. I think it is the most amazing stadium. I absolutely love it. And I would not go back. And I know, oh, really? I know, I bet the, I'm sure the majority of people mm. won't agree with me on that. But I think in a couple of years' time, once everything's bedded in, once we've got used to it, um, I think most people will agree. And when we've got the full capacity in there, and at the moment, I don't care whether there's not 57,000 people no. in there. I know that Chelsea, I think it's 40, 45, 47, 46. Yeah. Um, there's, no, there's no way there is 57,000 in, in there every game. And I think they do what Arsenal do. They count the number of tickets sold rather than the people that actually go through the turnstiles. Yes. Mm. But when there is 66,000 in there... I mean, and it's a night game like we had against Chelsea and we play well. That's been the problem so far in that the performances haven't matched the stadium. Well, on Wednesday night, they it really did for 90 minutes. When can you remember us playing for 90 minutes consistently well? Because I can't remember us doing that at Upton Park very often. No, yeah, not at all. And it's not the stadium that is the problem. It's the, the team that's the problem. It's the supporters that can be the problem. It wasn't the stadium that ripped up seats. It was individual adult-grown men that did it yeah Martin Samuel had a piece in the Daily Mail Russ uh, last week um, mm-hmm. I mean he said he said made that exact point that you know stadiums don't chuck chairs at people um, we, I guess we should get onto the trouble like what? where do you stand on it what's it well, yeah. that's it on the, <laughs> that's it on the <laughs> we've closed that one down um, no I, I totally agree with Ian there I think you know it's up to the, us fans to kind of make it at home make the atmosphere and not get involved in this ludicrous trouble the only thing I'd say that the stadium doesn't do itself a favour is the concourse Mm. so Upton Park any other football stadium the away fans physically can not get near the the, the home fans there's like four walls in the way to stop you the only way you can get near them is on obviously when you actually sat on your seat but couldn't they do that I haven't been around to the away bit so I don't know what the configuration is but but it can't be beyond the wit of an architect to design something to to split it off but yeah it's an absolute foresight because it was it was guaranteed to happen like once people realise that concourse goes all the way around and they can get all the way there's only like a few stewards stopping them because I mean I don't think the police were in there the whole match I heard reports that the police came in at half time and they left again so they weren't in there for the second half but also if I'm one of them stewards and my, my my job is to direct someone to their seat and just observe who's behaving. I'm not going to get involved if suddenly... Well, um, particularly if you are aged 18 to 25, which most of them seem to be. Yeah. Now, Upton Park, you would have had some fairly sturdily built older people and older women, actually, mm. among the stewards. And, and they would not They would have no hesitation in going into the crowd if they needed to. Exactly. Now, they need to bring all those people back. They have started, I think. Mm. But it... It didn't take a rocket scientist to work out that if you have 18 to 25-year-olds doing that who've got no experience of policing or stewarding football matches, and and you you have the same going back to Stratford Station, a similar age cohort sort of holding the go and stop signs. Well, sorry, that's asking for trouble as well. Do do we think the level of stewarding would have been the same for Chelsea if it had been maybe the second game in that stadium? Because obviously the first five, six games, there wasn't that level of security there. Mm. So they obviously learned from their mistakes. If that game had been the first or second game in the stadium, do we think they would have been prepared? You know, it could have been a hell of a lot worse than I think someone would have really got hurt. Like, yeah. if that had been the case I mean you could see it just above the, that lower tier like after, as the fans were leaving the last few minutes you could see them like they were really yeah. close there was a line of stewards keeping them apart and I don't think that would have been there earlier on no. in the season so let's talk about like the, the, the media scrutiny Ian. do you think do you think it's fair the amount of attention West Ham fans are getting at the moment 
it, it was inevitable in a way because it is an iconic stadium and that there is this sort of residue of hatred for us because we got it basically for free that that's that's mm. what the root of it that's why we're getting more scrutiny than others but you, you look at what happened in glasgow the old firm match 19 arrests you look at the birmingham aston villa match on saturday 14 arrests i think there were six or seven mm-hmm. uh, the, at the chelsea game and yet we're the ones that are copying it now you think it ought to be different because half of the football journalists on the national papers are west ham fans but you wouldn't believe it from the coverage that we saw Mm. over the last few days and it was so over the top as to be ridiculous and and you had the and the bbc were the worst you had them bringing on this guy with his sort of seven-year-old daughter (laughs) pulling pulling at the heartstrings and the girl said herself well we don't actually know who threw the coins because we know that the chelsea fans were throwing them as well but the bbc didn't report that it was all these terrible west ham fans going back to the 70s and all the rest of it did you watch the video they had of that though because they had that and then they put it together with like a little montage of like like um, graphics saying, you know, West Ham versus Chelsea in the car, but then they cut yeah. to him talking. And they had this really upbeat musical soundtrack accompanying <laughs> it. And it was the weirdest thing because it was almost <laughs> like they were celebrating the fact that there was hooliganism in the stadium, which was, it was so bizarre. Well, and on the plus side, she made like, what, 62p profit? So, you know, <laughs> you know she's, she's mean, laughing. Sean Whetstone, he, he was 20 feet away from it all. He picked up £1.50 of coins. Now, I suspect those weren't West Ham fans throwing coins at him. Especially well, maybe they were. Especially a pound fifty. <laughs> I mean, in two denominations, that is, that's got to be Chelsea fans. My, my £20 notes made no distance whatsoever. <laughs> I tried throwing them and they'll go nowhere. <laughs> Um, there's the, so the, the club of the, there was a few quotes around this. The Mark Field MP said there have been oh, clear, failing, clear failings. If there is a repeat of the violence, the next two or three home games of West Ham should be played behind closed doors. You see, this is where politicians make complete prats of themselves. Um, I, I don't know which team he supports. Obviously, not West Ham. Um, one of my other hats, I run a publishing company. I've actually published books by Mark Field, so I do know him a bit. But I mean. It's just utterly ridiculous. Do you know, I did an interview on the BBC News Channel, and the last question that the presenter asked was, should West Ham play all their games away? And I just, I just rolled <laughs> so my just... eyes. because I mean, how do you answer such a preposterous question like that? So you have idiot politicians yeah. coming out with that sort of rubbish. Then you have interviewers who've clearly never been to a football match don't know anything about it I mean, what, where do you go from there? I know I think I'd have replied 80% of our, our games should be played away but <laughs> yeah. then just let us play the rest at particularly home. last season because we were winning them <laughs> yeah, all yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we will talk about football eventually I'll just add that Karen Brady said there's a, there's a new five point plan um, plan involves further segregation new physical barriers a 10 metre sterile area uh, as well as new measures to keep rubble fans apart uh, after the game there's going to be a zero to- no tolerance banning orders issued to those guilty of offensive uh, West Ham also confirmed the club's intention to ban all fans involved in the violence the club is finalising the identification of 200 individuals well up to a point Lord Copper on that because mm. the club don't have the power to do some of that because it's the stadium owners that mm. run the stadium now I would have thought the FA ought to be questioning that as to West Ham, whether West Ham shouldn't be actually taking over the whole of the running of the stadium because they do actually know how to run a stadium um, but of course we're paying two million in rent if they took over the stadium no doubt they'll say well we need to cut that well that's not going to go down with people who think we got it for free anyway I know I feel almost like we've got another Tevez on our hand now it's like, hand. <laughs> yeah. it's like a third party weird ownership it's going to cost us, cost us ten points at the yeah. end of the season Sheffield, uh, Sheffield United will get involved yeah, they, yeah. they want their compensation um, well alright let's talk about kind of yeah, whatever happened these. to Sheffield United I know that's still, well, such a shame I, isn't I'm it I'm still <laughs> pleased that they're down there and <laughs> Every time I see a league, league table, now, league, league one? League one they are still. quite a way up it now, though. Cause really? Are, yeah. I must. Yeah, I do take pleasure not seeing them go up each season. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because we're bitter and twisted. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we? exactly. Yeah. Well, it's, it's it's like for me. I remember when West Ham finished second to Oldham in the old yep. in the old um, Division One, yeah. and I was so annoyed that they'd beaten us to the the champs championship of that league. And even now, when I see Oldham results and they lose, I get a little bit of pleasure inside me. <laughs> That will never go away. Take your pleasure where you can. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Very bitter, man. (laughs) Um, But 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 happier news on the pitch. We really we look amazing against Chelsea, didn't we? It looked like, especially after that run of a couple of wins, in looked like we're heading in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, it it really was. I I got the on on the pre on the Sunderland game. 
I left, I think, on 91 minutes. So 20 seconds later, I was oh, outside wow. the stadium. The goal scored. Because I had my show finishes on LBC at 7. Um, it's quite a rush to get to there. But if I was going to Upton Park, I'd get there at 20 past 8. But you get the javelin train. I got there literally 20 seconds after the goal was scored. Oh. So that must be some sort of record. So I didn't <laughs> see the first goal. but So I didn't see the first 10 minutes. But the rest of it... I mean, it was an absolutely cracking performance. There wasn't mm. a weak link. I thought Fernandes was brilliant. I, th- I really like him. Um, and it was just sort of, it was like, it was actually better than we played a lot of last season, I thought. Mm-hmm. You had the sort of pace, you had the commitment, the sort of interplay. Chelsea, there was not a period in that game where Chelsea took control. Yes, they had chances. Yes, they could have scored a few of them. But there wasn't a sort of 10 or 20 minute period as there usually is. And so far this season, we've played well maybe for 30 minutes, first 30 minutes of the game, and then we seem to lose the plot. Mm. That get a bit like we did at Everton. That game, 90 minutes, consistent performance. You can't ask for more than that. Yeah. Um, shades of last season, I thought, Russ. Yeah, I'd say so. I th- it just seemed to be that more commitment, desire, hunger. We were like tenacious. We were closing them down. Mm. Whether that was because it's a night game, which you touched on earlier, whether or not it was because it was a London derby, whether or not, you know, Slav had said something to them that, you know, there's the, the new formation playing free at the back, the wing backs, but there just seemed to be something about us and we all just seemed to have that bit between our teeth and we were really, really going for it. And I, like you said, I thought Fernandez was fantastic yeah. on, on the, on the, on the flanks off every game so he's much. played yeah. he has yeah. been actually yeah. and I think that's not his natural position so the first game he plays left back the next game he's right wing yeah. back and apparently he's like an attacking centre midfielder so yeah. there's probably a lot more to come from him still and it's like what is he 19 yeah. very young still so wow I think he knows 19 that's amazing he is very young yeah yeah. so they, I, know, I know when they, they said they tracked him for a while from Sion or whatever the club's called yeah. they, I don't know how you pronounce mm-hmm. it but they, they said you know he's one for the future but he's clearly come in and they thought He's, he's good I, enough I don't now. know where you sit in the stadium, but when he scored that goal, when he started to set himself up for it, you just knew it was yeah, going to be a goal. You could see, yeah, the yeah. confidence. And there are some yeah. players, like, maybe they better remain nameless, there are some players who shoot from outside the box. You know, oh, that's never, why bother? Because <laughs> mm. you never, ever yeah. score. But you just knew that was going to go in. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I think we'll, I know we'll come on to the, to the game yesterday in a minute, but I think having Kiate at the back in that game means we've got players in defence that are so comfortable yeah. on the ball whereas I don't think we've had that since like Tompkins left Tompkins for me was always the ball player of the yeah. of the defenders He's, he felt comfortable on the ball Ogbonna, Reed, I'm never too sure if they really want the ball past Batson but with Kiate he's always open on that mm. on that pass and there was the men little like triangles they were playing between the wing backs himself and then Mark Noble to get great and playing place. him at the back means that Obiang has come in and I think he's been another oh, great yeah. performer over the last few yeah. games and, mm-hmm. and apparently until yesterday we hadn't ever lost when he was in the yeah. starting line yeah. I mean I had to check that stat out because I couldn't believe it yeah. but you wonder why he's playing so well every time he gets in that team and he nearly went mm-hmm. for four and a half million I mean what were they thinking I know I know <laughs> But yeah, I, th- I think part of the assurances we gave him were like, okay, you will be in the team if you hang around. And I mean, he's looking, he's like Rolls Royce. Yeah. But the thing is, you in in defence and midfield, you've now got people who you think, well, they should be in the first team every week. Mm-hmm. We haven't got that at, up front. We haven't scored a goal from a striker no, so yeah, far this season. And if we if we had been able to do, just think what we could have done. I know. Yeah. I think it's pertinent to talk about that in the Everton game. Obviously, we didn't score, but um, we got a bit. We came in for a bit of flack on the podcast uh, last week um, with regards to the League Cup. Worcester WHU says uh, one thing I can't get on board with though is this feeling that we are better off out of the League Cup. I just can't subscribe to this way of thinking and potential silverware. We can't turn our noses up at that. And then just M Justin Incredible said your views on the League Cup were quite frankly pathetic. Better <laughs> off out of it. You all agreed. Can't believe what I'm hearing. You guys. You guys do know that we only have two chances to realistically win silverware every year, right? The FA Cup and the League Cup. Why would we sacrifice one of those to do so to a hated London rival? Uh, I was actually up for the League Cup, but Danny mm-hmm. Gabadon and Bianca were like, oh, you know, we need to concentrate on the you League. You can't retract now. No. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the League Cup, Ian, is this is this one for you that you think we can win? Is it? Do you always look forward to the League Cup? <laughs> we, we never seem to do it, do we? But I mean, I think your, your correspondents are absolutely right because... Mm. We're not going to win the league. I doubt whether we'll make Europe this season. Um, so we've got two options, the League Cup or the FA Cup. And um, we are now 
one match off the semi-finals, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. admittedly, it's Old Trafford away, but I, you see, the way they're playing at the moment, why should why on earth should we fear playing them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the League Cup for me, Russ, makes me feel not great. I think about Amoyimni. I think about getting hammered in the oh, semi-final God. City. Yeah. Did, I mean, it's it's a very negatively charged competition for me. But are you looking forward to getting knocked out all the time? I, I am looking forward to us going to Old Trafford, not not getting knocked out at Old Trafford. But um, yeah, I, it's a cup we've never done well in historically. I, I can't remember the last time. Have, have we ever won it? So, like, uh, hmm. uh, eighty-one, we got to the was it eighty-one or ninety-one? We got to the final against Liverpool and lost. Yeah, in, was it penalties? I think it's one-one, yeah. and I'm pretty sure it must have been penalties. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean we've we've got to the semi-final. Quite Stoke City, nineteen seventy-one, was it? Yeah, I mean before my time. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's one of the great great West Ham yeah. matches of all time, apparently. It's, oh, it's, is that where Bobby Moore saved yeah, yeah. a penalty? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's one of these cups you see other teams our kind of size winning through the years, and yeah. you think why why can't we? Know. Why can't we go out and win one of you these? You look cups, at so? the dross who have won the league yeah. cup down there. Your Wiggins. Like, so didn't Bolton get one? Or, Middlesbrough you know, have got Middlesbrough, one. Middlesbrough. I mean, come on, we we're good enough to win this once. Yeah, that's what I think. And like, it'd be a day at Wembley. You know, yeah. we'd all want that. And if you win it, you're back in Europe again. So here's one for you: Olympic Stadium or Wembley. See, I think I think I think Olympic Stadium actually yeah. is Wembley. Yeah, I think. I mean, actually, I took my I took my sixty five year old dad. who's a bit sentimental. I took him to his first game at London Stadium, and as he walked up there, he just turned to me and said, "Well, this is so much better." <laughs> and I remember the first time we went, we were like, "Well, this is much better." But then, yeah, you kind of. When you're there every it. week yeah, yeah. watching rubbish football, you kind of forget about the stadium. <laughs> so your dad's only 11 years older than me. Thanks for that. I took my 87-year-old dad to uh, Upton Park last season. Never, actually, no, he, he took me to my first match there when I was 12, I think. And um, he absolutely loved it. Yeah, and it's a Blackpool fan. He, he was actually at the Matthews Cup final. Wow. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> but do you go to Old Trafford? I mean, have you, have you I, been? I have. Yeah, we went. To, we went actually to the FA Cup last year. Um, I free kick. Yeah, I don't think I'll drag myself up on a Tuesday night I, for the League no, Cup. I That's went in about two thousand and one, and I went with a group of friends. We had the most amazing journey up, the most amazing day. We won one nil, and we went back, had the most brilliant journey back. And, and I thought, I'm never going to go there again because it can never get better than this. But of course, it has several times. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I understand that feeling. Yeah. Um, I remember that I was up. My family went up when we were at the Decanio game when we won one nil, and, and they were getting tickets. Do you want to go? I was like, No, we're going to get beats on TV. And obviously, we won. Yeah. So next year, I think we drew them. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely making this one. And that was the infamous seven-one Morley. <laughs> and then you couldn't even leave early because we had a train book. So, oh god, god. Uh, bad times. Uh, speaking of bad times, Everton two, West Ham nil. Lukaku. Oh my god, oh. Ian. Oh my god. What, what kind of juju has he got on us? I, I I don't know. I mean, he is a brilliant player, um, but he should never have been allowed to get in the position to score that. Mm. I mean, Winston Reid, two mistakes that he made there, and you could say, well, Adrian should have pushed the ball out further or whatever. And it's unlike him to make two mistakes one after the other, but neither of them were necessary. And if, if you don't take your chances, as Slavon Bilic keeps saying that sort of thing is going to happen to you. And we had enough chances, hmm. certainly in the first half. And I thought we played well in the first half now. Mm-hmm. They weren't in it at all. But something happened at half-time. Probably Scott Parker gave their motivation <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. And, by. Um, and in the second half, we weren't really there, were we? No. Yeah. Well, what do you put the defeat down to, us? Um, well, I was thinking, you know, it's fitting that Halloween was around the corner because it was a horror show of defending <laughs> because... It was individual mistakes you touched upon. Like, Reed should have cleared it first time. Adrian, who had a great... I mean, that save in yeah. the first half was unbelievable. And that was even better than it looked. Because, first of all, the, you didn't see there was a deflection, deflection but yeah. on the replay, you didn't. Mm. That's fantastic. But, he, like you said, he should have palmed that out or pushed it pushed it out further. And then no one reacted to the Balassi, who, my God, is awful for a £30 million player, by the way. Mm. And then, and then uh, Lukaku's free. And we... I mean, in the first half, there was a moment where no one picked up Lukaku. So mm-hmm. there was a, a cross that came in and he took a bad touch and it went straight yeah. to Adrian. And I was thinking, well, have we not learned from this guy that's now got, what, 
nine nine goals against us in the league seven times in a row yeah. he scored against us but but there wasn't the urgency that there was against Chelsea I mean it was virtually the same team were they tired I don't know but there wasn't the commitment the, the sort of tackling that there was at Chelsea and it was sort of back to how we were playing earlier on in the season I, by the I, end do, of the I do think the the absence of a striker whilst it worked fantastically against Chelsea it was evident there because that half an hour where we were dominating had there been a strike on the pitch who could maybe mm. hold it up maybe get a goal mm. if we're 1-0 up 2-0 up against away to Everton it's a different story but I know they're on a bad run but they're a decent side you look at that throughout that team you, there's quality mm. there and at home they're a difficult opposition you know we haven't won there apart from last season you know God, mm. God knows when we last got a result at Everton so it's inevitable they will have a period where they're on top and you know unfortunately we gifted them a goal and then that was it as soon as they scored it was it was all over yeah. because unfortunately we just had, didn't have that kind edge because you look to the well I think I think I mentioned to you Chris before mm. like we said it was quite an attacking bench that we had on offer from us but none of them have scored from us in the league yeah. so we had like you know like Zaza on the bench hasn't scored for us yet Ayu yeah. I know he's not played many games not scored for us yet you know all these options but you look at them and go we're not going to get a goal from any of them players yeah it seems to me Ian that strikers is our problem and the fact that we've got them and they can't score mainly <laughs> but why why is it that Ashley Fletcher who everybody thinks looks really good Billich pl- brings on Caleri or Ayu in favour of Fletcher mm-hmm. and I don't get that at all he gave him a chance against Manchester City where you can't just put someone in for one game and expect them to perform particularly if it's Manchester City Zaza has had all of these opportunities and I do feel sorry for him because it must be awful for somebody who's come from Juventus clearly can score goals but mm. just for whatever reason it's not happening for him and yet you've got this guy Fletcher who looks to be sort of a, a sort of possibly a Rashford type player mm. um, and then he plays Antonio as a striker now I actually think Antonio's done really well in that in that role bearing in mind he isn't a striker I thought he didn't play badly yeah. against Everton mm. um, but it's not the long term solution though is he yeah I mean, come back Andy Carroll for Christ's sake. I know. Well, he seems like he's further away than ever Russ yeah. so was it another six weeks or whatever is that what it is now I think six. last week so five do you know what I was, I was thinking post Everton game? I, I think I've finally given up on Andy Carroll. <laughs> no, like, I, 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 really, I love Andy Carroll. I, I love him, and like <laughs> I, when he plays, I think he is unplayable at times. Yeah. You know, you, as a as a defender, you, he must be a nightmare to play mm. against. And I think he's got a much better touch than people give yeah. him credit for. He's a much better footballer. But I think this absence now has, has made it finally now that I've just given up all hope on I don't even consider you know normally you're like oh if only Andy mm. Carroll was fit he would be I think now I've just forgotten about him but if we him. sold him we'd get very little for him now would we oh. probably get sort of five eight million but then if like we that. sold him would we then have another striker on the books that if we could rely on if they should yeah. have sold him in the summer yeah yeah, but they didn't yeah I mean Sacco as well Ian are you, are you, have you well, given again, up on him no, or? no no I don't give Your up hope on these knows. people Sacco <laughs> I mean, he's a proven goal scorer, yeah. and he he also brings a lot to the team if his mind's right. But we all know his mind is very often not right, mm. and he can't be that unfit. I mean, apparently he's not injured, and they keep saying, "Oh, he's going to play the under twenty threes," and then yeah. three weeks time, there's something going on there that we don't know. I mean, I don't even know if he's even training. Is he even around the ground? Like, how do you get that unfit? But like, as a professional athlete, if they've made their minds up that he's just not going to play for us again, and they try and sell him in January. They're not going to get 15 million for him in January, are they? They'd be lucky to get no. five. Mm. I mean, okay, it's still a profit because I think we paid what two and a half for him. But I mean, he when he and Valencia, I laugh when I say Valencia because I mean, what, <laughs> what happened to him? But when he and Valencia yeah. came, they looked to be the solution, yeah. didn't they? Because they yeah. seemed to work well together, but they never had many games together. Mm. And um, I mean, Sacco, I just think is a real handful, but I, I, I'm not expecting to see him back yeah. soon. What do you think we're going to do up until January? Who, who do you see starting? Do you think Zaza will keep getting a chance? Well, it'll be interesting to see if these rumours about trying to renegotiate his loan deal are true because he must have played nearly the 14 games by mm. now. And I think it's not just 14 full games. It's any 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 appearance that he makes, whether it's from the bench mm. or not. You couldn't justify paying another £17 million for him. But he was the one that Bilic wanted. Yeah. So Bilic has got him and therefore is trying to sort of encourage him and all the rest of it you saw 
was it the Sunderland game where he was subbed and at, at the end he and Bilic were sort of slapping each other on the back and I mean Zaza looks really up for it yeah. but he it's looks just not happening I know his first touch is shit oh it's shocking Love, especially when he gets the ball like go on a run it was a, I think yeah. against Sunderland he was essentially one on one and he, yeah. kicked the, he kicked the ball out wide and then got tackled you just think we need a striker who can score goals just on his own but the problem also is if you've got like it happened at Everton if you if you haven't got a striker and then you've got Pyatt and Lanzini off their game and I don't think either of them were, them were on the game at Everton mm. then you really have got a problem yeah. because if Pyatt isn't creating chances or even trying getting goals himself um, where are they going to come from? They're not mm. going to come from midfield. Noble is not a regular goal scorer. Obiang mm. certainly isn't. Okay, we've got Fernandes maybe he will be but if you've got all of them not scoring and then you haven't got a striker yeah. then you're in trouble. Doesn't yeah. take Einstein to work that out, does it? Yeah, I mean, as an aside, how good does Victor Moses look? I was watching the Chelsea game. <laughs> I mean, he's he's amazing, isn't he? I kind of thought he was last season, but but he ne- yeah. but he never got a run with us. It no. was the odd game here and there he'd score, and then he'd be left out the next. But game. It, it felt like with us, he he got that little run, then got injured, yeah. and then it was almost like we'd made up our mind that we were going to give him back. At, so they, they were almost like, well, let's not bother playing him. Let's give Antonio mm. a game. Let's give who else a game. But yeah, like you're right, he looks fantastic now. And, you know, I guess that's, again, a bit of belief from a manager. A manager comes in, gives you that confidence, maybe that little, like, hug around the shoulders and tells you, like, yeah. you're good enough. And you go out there believing it. That's why I look at Zaza, and it, he almost looks now like, you know, yeah. he knows that he's shit. And <laughs> he knows that we all know. So, like, you look at him, and I've never really looked at football and gone, my God, I can't tell you what your attribute is. Even, like, some mm. real donkey players, like, you think... Well, you're you're there because you're you're big and you've got your physical yeah. presence. I look at him and go, "What does he offer?" And like mm. like you said, like he can't be that bad because Juventus. If you were had casting him, a Italy 70s gay porn film, you'd pick him, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, maybe not. Yeah, otherwise, <laughs> that's it. I'm out of uses. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we move on, I just wanted to touch on Payet. I mean, we got loads of free kicks around the box for Everton and uh, against Everton, and uh, I mean, his free kicks just seem to have dried up. Either there's no one taking a camera phone out anymore when he's when he steps up to take them. And have you noticed there's not many chants anymore either? Uh, oh, do you think do you think the tide is turning? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's the stadium that it's more difficult to get the chance going. But uh, there were a few um, against Chelsea, but none of the other games. Yeah. And he was very good. He's been very good in a couple of games recently. But Everton, he just totally disappeared in the second half. Yeah. I uh, I thought he did that a lot last season. I thought last season he would be amazing, and I'm not, I'm not knocking his performances at all. But he would, for times, you know, just go a bit anonymous, a bit mm. missing. And I thought Everton, I, he's, I've been reading a few like fan articles, and that they have been slating him on places. Mm. But I actually thought the first half he he looked decent. His yeah. touch was great. He was, you know, that little ball through to Lanzini when he he had a shot when he should have maybe crossed it. He's uh, through chances. I thought he looked at moments, but in the second half he just he did just fade out of the match. But and, since Cresswell's been back, he had has got better apart from Everton. Mm. But I think that that their understanding is so good that he really missed Cresswell in the, in, yeah. the, in the sort of initial part of the season. And I think Cresswell's looked brilliant since he's been back. Mm. And he's probably my favourite player now. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and a quick word on Winston Reedy, and because I know you you're pretty scathing of his performance against Everton. Well, Winston Reid has been brilliant for us. I mean, mm. if, uh, think back to when he first joined us and we all thought, what a terrible player, because I think he started playing it right back, yeah, didn't he? Yeah. He was awful. Um, but generally, and I, I don't, his performance against Everton wasn't bad apart from those two mistakes sort of directly after each other. Yeah. But of course, that kind of lost us the game. Mm. But throughout the season, I mean, he hasn't done badly, I don't think. Mm. Um, but you, you kind of want him to shout a bit more. He's, he's a bit too laid back, I think. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean it's, it's, he's so serious, isn't he? Like, in real life. I can't imagine yeah. sharing a job. There is no joy. Advice, but yeah, no joy. In no his, joy, no joy, joy out of life. Soul. Yeah. What is wrong with him? I mean, maybe that was the Afrim Grant era, you know. <laughs> he's really trying hard to get it out of his head. Getting paid 80 grand a week to play football. I mean, you can't blame the poor chap. I'm being that Honestly. miserable. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, OK, it's time for the regular feature relegation watch, obviously, Ian, on the show this week. Uh, well, Your opinion. Uh, aren't you abolishing that? No, we're not. <laughs> Not until uh, not until we're on at least forty points. Not a chance in hell. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah, and don't if we get to the end of the season, don't play that back. <laughs> if, if I'm wrong, no. I mean, come on. We know that there are at least three sides worse than us. I think there are. I I think we will finish 
roughly halfway. And I think when you're in tent, do you think like yeah, tent? Yeah, I do. Really? I think when you're in a new stadium, just settle for that. It's going to be a difficult season. We all know that. But uh, there is no reason to think that we're going to get relegated unless, of course, we, we continue with a striker who can't score. Yeah. Uh, so three teams worse than us. Obviously, obviously Sunderland is one of them. Sunderland who, who is one the other of two? them. I think Swansea is another mm-hmm. one. Um, I'm trying not to think who's sort of down Stoke, there. West Brom. I mean, uh, West Brom... Poulos is going to go this season. There's no way he's going to. He's just signed a new deal. I know, he? but he's he's clearly not ha- not right. Got for a little uh, little reminder on my Sky Sports app telling me that boing boing it was <laughs> I boing think, boing. I Poulos. think. Um, <laughs> who else? Who else is there? Uh, we've said Stoke. Didn't I mean we? Stoke. Stoke actually, I think have got really. I mean, individually, they've got brilliant players, but whether they can actually play as a team, yeah. I don't know. Um, Middlesbrough I mean they don't look too brilliant do they this is their first season back isn't it so I think that's always enough usually for a newly promoted team mm. they're, they're, to hang on yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sure Burnley I could see slipping away I obviously Hollow Hollow yeah. in trouble well you they? see what, what's that seven or eight teams we've mentioned yeah, yeah. I think so we're, 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 we're Europe we're better than all we're better than all of them you've talked yourself how do you feel Russell do you feel relegation watch how are you feeling I yeah I must admit I I can't see us being relegated. However, looking at our next five fixtures after Stoke, <laughs> it is it is a nightmare. But at the same time, we do raise ourselves against the better teams. Yeah. So you know, there's hope there. But oh, I can't face another relegation. <laughs> I just, I just yeah. come even, on. Come even on. this situation, I find too stressful. Even like I'm looking at you, you. You look at the league. You look at the amount of games played. You can't help but like multiply that across the season and mm. think well we're in a relegation battle here and especially when you look at like you say you look at the next run of games you think well I mean we could easily lose all of those and suddenly it's Christmas and we're on well, 10 points yeah. I mean, arguing against myself now you look, you, you look at the games we've had so far this season against some taken pretty more, bad yeah. sides and yeah. we've got very few points from them so we are going to have to get some points from some of the bigger teams but as you say we often do do that and we certainly did last season um, but I mean a relegation fight would be quite exciting. I don't. <laughs> oh, don't. No. I, I can't take it. But, oh, can, take can you imagine? Can you just imagine if we got relegated, the reaction of all your mates at work? I know. They and do you know what that stadium is? Well? I mean, because they be... say, "Oh, you'll never feel that stadium." Well, we we do feel it, oh, but there's no God. way we would do that in the championship. I doubt. Yeah. So. Uh... Well, I actually feel a little bit worse now since we've had a conversation. <laughs> I think uh, the chances of relegation watching my head have certainly increased. Well, <laughs> um, um, let's talk about some other news. Dimitri Payet uh, nominated for Ballon d'Or. Correct. One of the best players in the world, Ian. Yeah. Well, well, number 10, isn't he, or yeah. something? Yeah. So, I mean, we would... Uh, had you ever heard of Dimitri Payet before he came no, to us? I had not No. And you think, well, why on earth didn't Arsene Wenger pick him up? Apparently, mm. he said because mm. he already had somebody in that position I can't remember who he said it was Ozil probably (laughs) Um, we've seen some brilliant players at Upton Park in the last last 20 years I mean Di Canio is the one that we probably all think well we're we're not going to see the likes of him again but in some ways Payet is more skillful than Di Canio I think Um, Paolo Futra I know he only played about three games for us but he did things in those few minutes that he was on the (laughs) pitch that I thought no I know I know I know what you're going to say we're talking about a 40 minute period no but he was he was he was in his heyday he was one of the world's greatest Mm. players Mm. and he showed flashes of that in the few minutes that he played for us (laughs) and I sort of I feel privileged that I saw Paolo Futra play it would be nice to have had a few more games from him but there we go um now, who else would you put into that league? I mean, sort of in the last twenty years, there, there aren't. I can't think of any more skillful players, possibly with the exception of Steve Jones, than Dimitri Payet. <laughs> Steve Jones, wow! <laughs> skilly, his skilly operates with at Sainsbury's in uh, Tilbury's. Apparently, apparently, we get emails in every now and again whenever he's discussed. <laughs> Joe, so I look Joe Cole in his first first season yeah, when he first yeah. came on the scene when he was doing all the little tricks and being a bit of a showboat. They never amounted to anything, did they? Mm, really? I, I mean, Pyatt, at least when he does things, they. The, I mean, I was. I can remember a few things he did on Wednesday night because I sit sort of more in the 1966 sort of on, virtually on the halfway line, and there were three or four little tricks mm. that he did, and they all went to Aaron Cresswell, and Cresswell zoomed off down. Mm. And he, he's just a master at that. And I don't remember seeing... I mean, Di Canio did do that sort of thing, but... I know what you mean. It's, it's, it's that kind of touch, vision, and just yeah. never really losing the ball, which goes back to my point about Balassi. Did you see when 
but Lassie tried to do some kind of like Rabona trick and just yeah. kick the ball off the pitch. Mm-hmm. Three minutes later, he then dribbled the ball off the pitch. He then took a touch that went off the pitch, and I was like, they paid thirty See, million pounds. Balassi or for that Townsend? Player. I'll take Townsend every day of the week. But like, that, that's a thirty million pound player, Balassi, and we got Payet for twelve million. And you yeah. looked at him, and I know he went missing in the second half, but that just the yeah. way he just like caresses the ball. It's just, yeah. it's just delightful. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, or a bit th- of chewing gum. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> um, Carlos Backer, they had some quotes, but I've lost them there on my phone. But uh, Carlos Backer came, well, I don't know, Russ, do you think you could get, it, get them in time? I mean, you saw my professionalism <laughs> earlier, so let's give me, give me three uh, weeks. Yeah, right. So Carlos Backer, yeah, so Carlos Backer uh, gave an interview for Cadena Sirs, a Spanish radio station. He said, uh, the the offer of West Ham was very good, I thought. I thought about my family, about how we would fit and problems that a South American soccer player can have in terms of the non-EU passport. But essentially, within this interview, he hasn't ruled out coming to oh, West Ham at some time. Just tell him to sod off. <laughs> I mean, the guy had his chance to come to us if he'd wanted to. He didn't want to come. We don't need players who aren't going to be totally committed. And he clearly was never going to be, so... Yeah. Okay, we got Zaza. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, what? <laughs> but, but, um, but what about this talk of Batshuayi coming to us in well, January? What do you think? I haven't heard that one. So what? Yeah. There, there's rumors. Well, he's he... not getting many games at Chelsea, so they think send him out on loan. And yeah. Would, would Chelsea loan a player to us? Well, they did Moses, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. I guess we're more of a direct rival now. <laughs> that that, that was thing. the weird thing about watching that team Chelsea, and you go, "There's a forty million pound striker who we tried to get." By all, mm. by all accounts, all summer, couldn't get him because he went to Chelsea for forty million. And then you look at him and go, he has played probably twenty minutes of Premier, Premier League football this season. And you think that is what we're competing with when yeah. we sign Zaza for twenty million. That, that's the kind mm. of perspective that they've got forty million pound players that are not even. But in a way, touching their first the, team. I mean, we're never going. Well, I say never, but I don't think we're going to see a day where we pay £40 million for a player. We no. might pay 30 at a stretch, but I don't think we're going to go much beyond that. So what they've got to do, surely, is do what they've done with the likes of Lanzini and Pyatt, try mm. and spot these players. Fernandes, try and spot mm. these players before anybody else yeah. does. And that's presumably why we got Caleri. But, I mean, he's another one that sort of just doesn't seem to have what it takes, despite being an Argentinian national player. I know. I mean, I watched the West Ham videos on Snapchat and he saw some cracking goals in training. Yeah. So, you know, maybe that's what people look at and they go, that's why he gets his chance. Yeah. Actually, in terms of training, I watched a bit of training and I was speaking to a couple of guys at West Ham who, who watch the training regularly and they say, like, some of the goals I was banging in in training are, really? are unbelievable. Yeah, but they said that. <laughs> I remember going to the training ground about 1995. Um, I've only been there twice. And um, just standing, this was in the days when they didn't mind you going to have a look. And um, Ian Dowie hit a 35-yard screamer. <laughs> and as Harry Redknapp came off the pitch, he said, I saw you pissing yourself laughing at that. <laughs> <laughs> and then winked. <laughs> but like those some of the training videos they put on like Instagram, like, yeah, are yeah. you scoring some absolute blindness? Like, how good are they in training? Why yeah. can't they sort this out? See, oh, the cop- I know yeah. you can't judge him after what he's done for us because he's only played mm. one for a few minutes, but... Not convinced. He's not in a Palo Futre for you, no. No, no it's not on, not that level. <laughs> not that level, yeah. Um, well, let's talk about West Ham till I die. I mean, it's just going from strength to strength. You've got all different contributors now. Got some nice regular features. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I've tried to make it different from the other sites because obviously, I mean, I, there's no way that I'm going to compete with um, your site. There's no way I'm going to compete with Clara and Hugh because that's very newsy. So. We've tried to keep it where there isn't a lot of sort of aggression and swearing. Sometimes that sort of you have to rein a <laughs> few battle. rein a few people in, um, and it's it's a constant uphill battle though. To because you get sort of a few good writers, then for whatever reason they move abroad. I mean, as you've had experience yourself yeah, with exactly. people moving yeah, abroad, yeah. Um, and it's just sort of trying to keep it fresh and sort of trying to understand what what people want so we have sort of rather lengthy articles and I've given up sort of trying to compete on the news front because other people can do it far better than we ever would be able to so um, yeah it's still the traffic's held up really well yeah fantastic bombettalondon.com Italian restaurant Alessandro Diamante played with Danny Gabadon um you know, he may eat there if he wants a little taste of home. You can make a reservation by going to bombettalondon.com. Um, predictions 
Stoke at home. The big one. Mark Hughes is in town. And he, he wants some points. <laughs> well, <laughs> he ain't going to get it. <laughs> really? No, I think uh, we'll be okay on Saturday. Yeah? 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. Really? You're that confident? Yeah. Oh, well, 2-1 well, isn't a very confident <laughs> yeah, prediction, yeah, is no, it? No. I didn't say 4-0. Scramble the ball over I mean, at the 90 some point, At some point, we are going to wallop somebody. We never actually did it last yeah. season, did we? Even yeah. though we were playing really well, there was no 4... I don't remember of... Well, there certainly was a 5 or 6 nil one. There was one against Watford, wasn't there? We were, we were 3 nil up at yeah. one point. And I mean, that, that was yeah. crazy. I nearly passed out with that. Um, but you're right. I'm desperate for that. I'm desperate for just to relax. Just and we to, do get the get chances that you just think, well, if they all went in, we could actually do that. But that's yeah. every, every team's going to say that, aren't they? Yeah. I've, but we haven't got Winston Reid on no. Saturday, oh, yeah, have we? Yeah. Mark Noble's one red, one yellow card off I think um, we've got suspension. a few. I think we've got yeah. a few, as I recall. Um, yeah, there was another player in midfield, wasn't there? Was, yeah. I, I wonder, Russ, whether he's going to start a striker on Saturday. <sighs> Well, I but, mean, crazy I mean, talk. Crazy talk. <laughs> but then, but who? Who, who is this striker that I we're going to start? It's. I, I mean, if you're going to do that, I'd, I would start Fletcher. Yeah. Say to him, right, this is not this is not Manchester City. Go and show us what you can do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he'll do it. I think Antonio will do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder about the height thing might work in Fletcher's favour as well. Like. Yeah, but then Stoke are less of this big physical team. They're still mm, yeah. like tarnished with. Aren't they? They've got a lot of. Skillful small yeah, players, really now, that, like Shakiri's, the Boyan of this world. Yeah, my biggest worry is that I don't. I mean, regard. I don't know what the score is going to be tonight because they're playing obviously uh, Swansea. But we've got um, who's the striker that we tried to buy? I'm not an out. I know. To be no, fair. no, the um, guy yeah. from Swansea that went there. Um, Christ, he came from Man City. Um, oh, Boney. Well, for Bonnie. So obviously, because yeah, yeah. we tried to, I think like. I mean, yeah. he is oh, destined no. to that break way, his duck, isn't he, against us? I mean, there right. it is. That, like, I mean, that, like Ross Barkley, yeah. Yeah. being uh, terrible for a year, I know. man of the match, and gets a goal. Yeah, Wilf, I mean, he is a shoe-in <laughs> to score. To us. Like, so. Well, there's your top tip. Get on, put a bet on <laughs> Boney to score. But the only thing I thought about Winston Reid missing the Stoke game is at least Collins is coming in for that match, and at least Collins is coming into a match where... And Altovic and Boney are quite physical players. You know, they're yeah. not the, the mm. kind of quick, skillful players. So I think they're probably more su- suited to James Collins' game. So if we are going to lose Reed for one game, I'd rather it was a, a match like that than against, you know, like a... And do you think you'll mm. stick with the three at the back for Stoke? <sighs> I don't know. It depends if he's going to so play a striker You can tell me I'm a doctor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do. Because he's he, like, you know, he switched this three, this back three when we won at Palace and he's kind of stuck with it a bit. Mm. But I don't know whether the cat's out of the bag now, you know. I yep. think Stoke would probably be well prepared for this system. He might kind of change it up. I, I mean, don't. as as good as Fernandez has been, I, I would probably rest Fernandez. <sighs> Put put Antonio on the right because I think he can do that same job mm. and bring 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 Fernandez on in the latter stages and put Ayu up front. Yeah, I'd give him a go up front because I think you know he he scored goals last season up front. You know we brought him as a kind of backup striker. Yeah, he's got to be against playing. And I think I mean that, that's nothing against Fernandez's performance because I think they've been See, fantastic. I, if I, I was going to drop one player um, in midfield, I'd drop Lanzini, oh. and I'm his biggest fan. I love him, but mm. he hasn't delivered really in the last few games even when we've been playing well yeah. I don't think he's done that well um, so I'd keep Fernandes in because I think you need his physical strength yeah. and I know he's quite slightly built but I mean Lanzini is obviously yeah. much smaller than him I just think Antonio up front I think he did a fantastic job yeah. like kind of like it was almost like a, a thankless task yeah. at times but when he's on the wing at yeah. least you can get the most out of him yeah. like and preferably on the right wing yeah, yeah. exactly his actual favourite position which yeah. he never plays well I wonder whether you'd even consider dropping Mark Noble have like oh. Obiang Oof. have Obiang Fernandez on the left Antonio on the right but Noble's and then... really come back into form and there was there were a couple of games yeah. where I did think mm, maybe you're on your way out but actually the I, I thought against Everton he had a decent game and yeah. certainly Chelsea and Sunderland I thought it was superb yeah, because he he's developed he'd had developed a sort of Ray Wilkins crab-like tendency just pass sort of pass the guy next to you or behind. Yeah, yeah. And yet in the last couple of games he's gone on quite a few runs, had a few more shots. Yeah. Um. So no, you're, you're talking yeah, about right. it. <laughs> right. good, yeah. good. The Ray, the Ray Wilkins crab is that the official like term for <laughs> yeah. that position? Yeah, like, yeah, the crab. Never heard that before. Like the Claude <laughs> McAlay, the yeah, Ray yeah, Wilkins yeah. crab. <laughs> well, no, because where did where did that come from? This um was it the 1986 
World Cup finals, I think, where mm. they, they analysed his game and virtually every pass was across the pitch, never went <laughs> forward. It's like he was playing the sort of netball or something, yeah, yeah. where you couldn't go forward. Um, just one other thing of it, uh, like um, Antonio's runs at the moment, like, he has no idea where he's no. going, does he? He has no, no, no. idea. But they're no. not of the opposition. Yeah, no. <laughs> so. Chaos factor, it's complete <laughs> chaos factor. Um, he's willing to risk it, and that's yeah, what you yeah. need from a player like him. You don't, you don't want the crowd getting on to him like Kevin Keane um, probably before your time again mm, but yeah. sort of early 90s when there was him on one wing and Mark Robson on the other and the crowd just got on to them and they they both on occasion would be brilliant go to the byline cross the ball goal mm. and what, well, once the crowd gets on to you in a position like that I think the whole it's a bit like Zaza the mm. whole time is thinking oh my god I better do this right and then of course you don't yeah mm. I remember Mark Robson. I used to love him. Yeah. He was really good, but then when we got promoted, well, he just, I'm glad just disappeared. I, at my age, I can bring this historical <laughs> yeah, context yeah, to this podcast. So. Send in your favourite Mark Robson memories. Email <laughs> Matthew podcast Rush. At Do you remember him? Yeah, yeah. He was. Yeah. A, I thought he was a brilliant player, but ne- again, never got. A he chance. scored a blind. I think it's yeah. Oldham, didn't he? He scored like thirty yeah. yards. Oldham. I'm sure yeah. you remember that. Fuck you, Oldham. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a lovely way to end the episode. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Well, uh, what did you say for prediction? Did you say? I didn't. And I was kind of hoping you wouldn't ask me. No, come on. We're going to win. Yeah. We're going to win. Will we, is it going to be a 1-0? Or is yeah. it, let's go 3-1. 3-1. 3-1. Let's go for well, it. Goals I, galore. I think I got the last one right against Chelsea. I think I said 2-1. So I'm going to go 3-0 West Ham. I think this is the game where we can really relax and really get tucked into our popcorn oh, and delicious. enjoy the facilities. Yeah, a little craft beer. <laughs> yeah. Again, controversial, but I think the catering is really good. Okay, I'd rather go to Ken's Cafe before a game. Yeah. But, I mean, there's a lot of choice. Yeah. What about those massive sausages? Yeah, I mean, the, the I mean, sausage to bun ratio, but, I don't know if you can It's see. ludicrous. It's, it's like, it's 140% <laughs> sausage to 100% bun. And I discovered they had pick and mix. Pick and mix? Yeah. Yeah. Outside, outside entrance G. Oh really? Jeez. Yeah. All right, there you go. Is it like the pick and mix at on on the Green Street? There used to be that pick and mix. Yeah, yeah, opposite yeah. The it is a bit like that, but it's bloody expensive. Yeah, right, and yeah. I because I'm diabetic, so I shouldn't really have it. But I, I thought I was. <laughs> yes. And so, it was like five quid for a, like a few yeah. wine gums and stuff. Yeah. Or you get those lighter yeah. sweets, you know. Yeah. yeah. But if you see Ian Comatose outside yeah. Tesla G now, you'll know I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, you know Nicky's pick and mix because he's probably on the floor somewhere nearby. Yeah. Um, excellent. Ian, thank you very much for joining Pleasure. us. You're on Twitter. At Ian Dale, I-A-I-N. Yeah, and then uh, West Until I Die on the com. website and uh, on Twitter too, right? Yeah, and LBC Drive Time, four to seven weekdays. Yeah, and on the internet as well. I usually get a few mentions of West Ham in at some point. Yeah. Much to the dis- disappointment of my Guna supporting producer. <laughs> They're all Arsenal supporters at LBC. It's very disconcerting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so smug at the moment as well, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. Oh, don't. Russ, thank you very much. Pleasure. You're on Twitter if anyone wants the bants. Russ Willie. Russ Willie, yeah. All the bants. Yeah, oh yeah, there for all your bants needs. Um, we'll be back next week after Stone Game, but in the meantime, come, come on, on you Lions. Lions.